Welcome to the Awakening Podcast, where we're fighting corruption with solutions. And we don't have whistleblowers, we have truth-tellers, and we don't have conspiracy theorists, we have facts. Today, my guest is Nelaj Nayak. He's ex-pharmacist, a holistic health expert, founder of International School of Breathwork, Soma Breath. Um, you're known as the Renegade Pharmacist. Please welcome to the show. Absolute pleasure to be here. And what, 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 I'm not sure if you remember, I think it was maybe three, four years ago, I was speaking with um, Vishen Lakiani. Yes, one DFS. And he told me I needed to talk to somebody. And it was the renegade pharmacist. And it was close to the end of the event. And we were just on a buggy going from one part of the uh, event to the other. And I ended up sitting next to you. And that's how. That's correct. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 of course. That was a good time. Jamaica, right? Jamaica, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Hmm. So, so we'll start off with your, your, your pharmacist. You might tell us that journey, how you got into that and, you know, how you became the renegade pharmacist. Okay, great. So actually, yeah, I was actually a community pharmacist years ago. Um, uh, basically, I was working in a, uh, various pharmacies in the UK. And I actually got very disillusioned with that profession because... I went into it thinking that you're really going to help people. And I found out it was a very different situation. Like we were, I would say, keeping people sicker for longer. You know, it's more of a disease management uh, industry than a, um, than a, a, a health giving industry. So I, I just saw it for what it is, which is it's a business. And it made me very kind of angry, actually, a bit frustrated. And in the end, I just got more and more depressed, had a bit of a breakdown. And then I got actually taken kicking and screaming uh, by a friend to a Tony Robbins event uh, that was happening. I had no idea who he was. I just saw the, the brochure and I was like, this is some guru nonsense. I don't want to get involved with this. But he just forced me to go. He bought me a ticket. I had no choice. So I went and it actually turned out to be the best thing that ever happened because... It's the first time I heard anyone talk about the impact of diet, nutrition, breathing, meditation, water, you know, um, and on, on your health and how you can actually reverse disease with the right lifestyle. And this is not stuff that we're taught at university at all. In fact, we're kind of educate out of that we're kind of told that we don't have any power ourselves or we must rely on these pills and and surgery and and treatments expensive treatments to to get healthy so i was uh really like impressed with with what the evidence they showed and all this but i was like well i'm very skeptical i'm a, I'm a left brain guy and i'm going to put tony robbins to tests I have in my pharmacy every day, lots of people coming in sick, you know, taking medications, all kinds of stuff. Like I'm going to put them to a test. And I came up with a system to write healthy shopping lists based on people's conditions. So to change their diet, basically. And literally those who followed my advice had dramatic changes and improvements in their health. Dramatic. Right. I was like, really, really like, blown away about how quickly you could reverse type 2 diabetes just by changing someone's diet. 
So long story short, my first uh, um, job, they didn't like me at all. They kind of booted me out of it. Um, and in the end, actually, I ended up writing a, a, um, a CV on monster.com with all the reasons why I'll never be a pharmacist again, how much I hate the profession, how it's a, a terrible system. It, you know, it kind of, um, everything that I felt was corrupt about the system. Never expected anyone to ever contact me uh, ever again. I didn't think I'd ever work again as a pharmacist. But then I actually got headhunted by one of the biggest corporations in the UK uh, who said that we want, new, we want renegade pharmacists like you who think outside of the box. That's the kind of company uh, that we are. And they basically offered me a deal I can refuse. And they also said that they're this in-house uh, competition where they encourage new ideas, entrepreneurial ideas. And I ended up winning this competition and got promoted to the head office of this company. And I got into doing this project, super exciting time. I was like, yes, I called it. Uh, it was like the, the scene of the Shawshank Redemption, you know, like going, being in prison all this time and then finally breaking free. And um, literally, uh, I actually, ironically, like the last day of work as a pharmacist I had, uh, the toilet of McDonald's, upstairs was McDonald's, the sewage pipes burst and shit was pouring into the pharmacy. And I remember the last day, it was literally like the last scene of the Shawshank Redemption when he has to climb through the sewage to get to the other side of freedom. And that's literally what happened uh, to me. It was hilarious. But um, anyway, so I got, I got to the head office of this company and what happened when we were six months into it, like, I don't know if you've ever worked in a corporate environment, but there's a hierarchical system. You have the, the dragons who are the directors. Everyone's scared of them. They're like this enigmatic kind of people who are mysterious and, you know, very few people can even book an appointment with them. I was the teacher's pet. I was a dragon's pet. So uh, nobody liked me because of that. They feared me, actually. The middle management were really scared that I was going to take their jobs which I could just sense this, this energy, you know, of competition, serious competition, cutthroat competition. So um, uh, what happened was like the director actually went to work for another company uh, halfway through my project. I was in this uh, kind of jungle, concrete jungle, corporate jungle, um, dealing with all these lions and they didn't want me to be there. And in the end, they shelved the idea um, and basically I got so depressed and disillusioned. I just couldn't believe that this could be allowed, you know, that, that, that the spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, would allow, uh, such an amazing idea that I had for giving out health advice to people that had such great evidence, anecdotal evidence. And also now there's so much more studies uh, back in 2010, it was kind of unique. Uh, it was a bit more cutting edge. Uh, the idea that diets can actually help you <laughs> with your health was very, very underground um, kind of knowledge. So uh, I actually then at this point, like got ulcerative colitis. I got this autoimmune condition. And it, um, I started bleeding like several times a day out my backside. I ended up housebound then for almost a year 
bleeding out my ass uh, 40 times a day, lost like three stone in weight, I completely lost my uh, connection to spirit, completely lost, you know, I had faith in humanity. And I surrendered to the medical system because they told me right from the start when I went to see the consultant, because you're in the, you're, when you have a disease, like especially at that age, and it's horrible symptoms, like you're shitting out of your ass, nobody knows what it is, um, shitting blood, I mean, uh, you basically uh, kind of go a little bit crazy, and you put a lot of trust into people of authority. And this gastroenteritis consultant, uh, who I thought, was this like very uh, trustworthy source of advice said to me that you that there's no impact on stress on what you've got there's no evidence for diet having any um, effect on your disease and pretty much shut up and take the pills you know or you're going to get your colon removed all right and she was this huge obese overweight lady i'm not kidding she was like mrs jabba the hut like uh, i'm not, I'm not like kidding. most she health just, ministers in the around the world she was like the belgium health minister yeah and very similar which is strange right that these people end up in their positions of health authority so yeah so she basically um misled me um and i got worse and worse to the point i was on all these drugs nothing was working and I just gave it all up. I was, I literally had this moment of depression where they say God stands a gift of desperation. And literally I, I was so desperate. And at that moment, this lady came to me, Swami Ambikananda, who's a dear friend. Uh, and she said to me, you know, you've got a gift. If you can heal yourself with this, from this condition without the drugs, you're going to be an amazing role model to other people. And, and that's when everything changed. I like my eyes lit up and, she gave me hope. This is the one, this is actually the secret of health and what doctors should all do is it's all about the constellation. It's all about the bedside manners. You know, it's all about uh, compassion. You take that away from a doctor and they become a killing machine, you know, because what they do is they tell you, oh, you've got six months to live. And they'll just write very coldly on a board give you a piece of paper and, and then they're gone within five minutes when you don't have that level of compassion and, and consolation and and care kindness and there have been studies done on this uh doctors don't actually have much power because majority of pills on the market either have toxic side effects or they just work simply by placebo effect okay they don't really I mean, when they stand up, that's why they don't do placebo trials very often, because they don't want to be caught out that the placebo is better than the drug, right? The whole thing falls apart then. But in many instances now, it's proven the placebo is more powerful. And a doctor can actually aid the placebo effect by being compassionate, kind, and consoling patients and listening and, and giving them encouragement and hope. And this is what Swami did. She gave me a lot of hope. She told me that, you know, if you could heal yourself through this with your scientific understanding, your passion, your, your, um, you know, your wanting to help people, uh, you could be a great role model to other people. And that's exactly what happened. Like, you know, I healed myself. 
she taught me the foundations of these ancient techniques of Ayurveda, Pranayama, Yoga. Um, and within a few months, back to normal as a whole new person. You know, and it was the best thing that could ever happen to me. Like going through that year now, I, I'd say it was the best, worst and best experience of my life. It was, there was no, nothing that can compare. You know, I've done like the most powerful psychedelics. I've done insane, crazy transformative workshops. I've done all kinds of stuff, you know, deep hypnosis. But nothing compares trans in terms of what you learn uh, than going through a sickness. It's the shamanic path. It's, it's the journey into the darkness, and from the darkness comes the light. This is what's happened to me, you know, that's the awakening. That's the whole Satori um, element to, to, to transformation, you know, is where you have that moment of deep challenge, the dark night of the soul. Not everyone has to go through it, but uh, it definitely triggers something, and that's what it did for me. And the great thing is, is that now because of that, I, I went so deep on myself. I, I started to do the, look at the opposite to what the mainstream tells you. So if they're telling you to get a job, I'll be like, right, how do we not, how do we avoid a job? You know? And then I really, I discovered like how to create a location independent business. I, I discovered how to turn all my knowledge into a thing that can help people by mentoring people, coaching people, creating a school, a curriculum. You know, I looked at how does the, how does the society operate? What do they have? They have schools, you know, and that's, schools is the way you, you indoctrinate people and indoctrinate, literally doctors are indoctrinated in a system. And a system at the moment does not serve us in the way it should. No, it did for a while. And the school educational system does not serve human beings to the, the best of their abilities we, we all know this right yeah. so we can't all just rely on the government you know a lot of people that put their faith into the government and you don't have to the government here is to serve you that's it you're you're not serving the government that's the bit you've got to figure out you're going to most people got to change that perception and therefore then you can actually be your own private education company you know private education is huge you know most of the people who are in charge of governments, they don't send their kids to, to government schools. They go to private schools, private education. It's a whole different system. So I got into doing, learning this, all this stuff about how to re-educate people into a, a proper system of, of looking after themselves. And now I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've attracted into a community some top doctors, medical professionals, you know, therapists. You know, we have hundred or so or more uh, people around the world who are soma instructors who are, who are in high uh, ranking positions in health, you know, and as doctors or uh, uh, therapists or, you know, like something um, where they're actively engaged with people every single day um, and they're helping to change the system and make a new system. So it's been a, a long journey, but now we're at over 700 instructors around the world doing this stuff we have um you know an amazing protocol called the 21 day uh, awakening protocol which uh similar name to what you've got for your your podcast and uh it basically it wakes people up to who they truly are their truth and teaches them lifestyle uh you know habits and techniques and tools that they can use to to protect themselves and to 
elevate themselves wherever they go. And in 21 days, you go through a special protocol, a breath protocol that is, that creates this dose of intermittent hypoxia, this positive stress response on the body. And the body becomes stronger as a result. Your cardiovascular system gets healthier. You get better blood flow to your organs and you become very efficient using oxygen. And that there is another paradox as well, is this the conventional science pushing uh, this idea that oxygen is, uh, you know, this miracle healing thing that we need and that we all need to be deep breathing all the time. It's completely the opposite of that. Actually, oxygen is um, very important. Okay. Uh, and Helmut sees the guy who um, coined the term oxygen to distress says, although it's almost impossible to live without oxygen, it's very difficult to live with oxygen because of this phenomenon of oxidative stress, where you get this oxidation effect that happens in your arteries over time, the oxidation from the oxygen. Uh, it's like a rusting effect, it causes inflammation. Um, and then there's also the fact that you can get cell damage from oxygen, uh, certain byproducts of, of, of oxygen uh, respiration, which uh, creates like free radicals that can attack that damaged DNA. So the entire system of yoga, tantra, pranayama, whatever you want to call it, actually, if you look at it from a medical perspective, was designed to slow your breathing rate right down so you have less need to breathe, less need for oxygen, because you're so adapted to oxygen, you, you can survive in a lot less oxygen. You, your breathing rate slows right down, you become more calm, more focused, more relaxed. And that's basically what our system revolves around, is making people very efficient using oxygen. And also bringing the, the breathing rate, the need, the urgency to breathe right down, so your nervous system's stronger and more calm. And from this, a lot of benefits can come because your mind is more calm, more centered. Uh, you know, yoga is, uh, um, the whole point of it is to still the mind, tranquility of the mind, that's the idea. Um, and this is what the system does. You know? I haven't seen any, anything else out there that's put it into such a step-by-step -step fashion as, as we have with Soma Breath. So that's where we are today. Because you know, you mentioned about the oxygen. Because I see some people now they're selling the oxygen in the in the canisters. Is that actually dangerous? Is it? Um, so here's a simple fact, right? You know, you're a man of reason, and so am I. If oxygen could cure everybody of every disease, right? Then doctors already have massive tanks of oxygen, all right? So why? If that's the truth, why are they not curing everyone of diseases by giving them pure oxygen? Because it doesn't work like that. Mm. So it's a little bit of the biology. So actually, when you breathe in oxygen, okay, I'm going to show you a little gadget okay, called a pulse oximeter. Uh, what this does, can you, could you pin my video so it's big yes. and I'll you be able to see my screen better? I can see it now. Okay. So if you look at this device, right, you'll see 99 there. So what this device does is measures blood oxygen saturation. Now, most people are going to be 97% and above. Okay. Even with a little sip of air, 
your saturation of oxygen goes right up to 9900%. So we have an abundance of oxygen. Oxygen is not the problem, okay? What the problem is, is that actually we don't have enough tolerance of the most important substance, I would say, in respiration, which is carbon dioxide. And carbon dioxide, you need the right ratio of carbon dioxide. And this is called the Bohr effect, where you get, you need the right amount of carbon dioxide to get oxygen off red blood cells and into the cells where it needs to go for respiration. If you don't have enough carbon dioxide, you don't get oxygen coming off. You get, you have a lot of saturation, but no oxygen going to where it needs to go. Okay. And one of the problems that we have in the modern world is with over breathing. Okay. When you breathe in, you breathe in oxygen. When you breathe out, you breathe out carbon dioxide. When you hyperventilate, and most people hyperventilate unconsciously during stress, when they're stressed out, they're emotional, when they're focusing on things, they, they breathe through their mouth, they're in their, maybe in their chest, because your body can't tell the difference between physical stress and emotional. So emotional stress triggers the same response as if you're under physical stress. Say some lion's about to attack you, right? In the wild, you would have this fight and flight response, you'd run away, right? You get all this adrenaline, boom, uh, you know, sugar's released and you, you run away to, to, or you defend yourself. It's an instinctive process. But when you're at work in the concrete jungle and you've got a boss who's bullying you or he's making you do things that are unreasonable, or maybe you simply just were too lazy and you didn't finish your job on time and you got a deadline to meet, all this adrenaline rushes up again your urge to breathe uh, gets faster. You, you start hyperventilating unconsciously. When you talk a lot, like I'm talking right now, you're also hyperventilating. You're breathing out a lot of carbon dioxide. So people who spend all day long talking, right, they find that their blood pressure is higher, okay, as a result. So you must calm yourself down and have a time to meditate every day because you'll see right now what happens so heart rates when you are hyperventilating okay now i'm just this is an exaggerated example but throughout the day people are going to be hyperventilating periods which is going to dramatically change this metric here the heart rate okay so let's see if i can switch this okay so you see here it says 75 yeah. 74 okay sure why the thing's running out So, okay, everything's working, right? So 69, you ready? Watch this. All right, you got that. My heart rate starts going up, okay? Yeah. yeah. Now, another thing that people do is that they, when they are stressed, is they breathe in, okay, and they tend to breathe in at faster rate than they breathe out. Okay, like this. And for those listening on the audio, we'll have this on BitChute and on YouTube so you can so actually see almost the demonstration. 100 beats per minute, right? Yeah. Really quickly went up the heart rate. So what I'm trying to show you here is the rapid breathing like that through your chest 
or chest breathing in general, where you're predominantly breathing through your chest or through your mouth throughout the day, makes your heart rate go up and your blood pressure go up. When you do, when you breathe in, you gasp for air. Basically, when you breathe in, you stimulate sympathetic nervous system. When you breathe out, you stimulate the parasympathetic. So I'm going to show you something. This is something we've been told by, by conventional science is impossible. Okay. And that is, I'm going to consciously change the rate of my heart rate. Okay. Dramatically up by 20 beats per minute, down by 20 beats per minute. Okay. Yeah. So watch. For the, those on the audio, I can call up the numbers as they're going to 86, up to 87, 88. It was down to 75, 88. Now bring it down. Yeah, it went up to 90, now it's gone down at 81 already. 70, 62, 58. You got a gist of it? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I saw that it went from 62 up to 90, so yeah. Okay, you get the gist of it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's a very hot day today, so the controlling the heart rate is not as easy when it's super hot because your heart is like beating fast, it's trying to cool you down. But anyway, you get the gist. And what's that device um, called, did you say? Just in case this we... It's called a pulse oximeter. A pulse oximeter. So it just measures your heart rate. Okay. I actually need some batteries to... Um, Actually, no, it's all right. It's working good. Okay, so basically what I just showed you there is control over the autonomic nervous system. This is what we've been told that we don't have, okay, any control of the autonomic nervous system. And the only way to control the autonomic nervous system is through pills or surgery or machines. Now, this is wrong. I just showed you that we do have it. And the breath is the control mechanism, okay, yeah. to allowing you to tap into the autonomic nervous. This is what the yogis knew thousands of years ago. And there's a legend in the Rig Veda, which is considered the most oldest religious manuscript. And in there it says about a time where humans lived for a long, long periods of time. There were gods on the earth. They were like immortal beings. And they were addicted to this stuff called soma, a ritual called soma. We don't know exactly what it was, whether it was plant stuff or some, something else, but it would give them superpowers, it'd make them immortal, it'd give them psychedelic experiences and all this stuff, and be able to communicate with the spirits and, and all that stuff. So uh, according to legend is that the soma starts to run out, and when the soma runs out, that's when they all freak out. and the god Indra tells everyone we must go inward to discover how to create the soma within and boom that's when they discovered the power of the breath and breathing techniques for creating similar effects and so what they did was then they created the first systems of like pranayama tantric yoga ayurved and all these techniques that we now know um, in more modern times but have this ancient origin 
and they were designed to, to stop us being so dependent on stuff for, for immortality, for strength, for uh, bliss, abundance. Now we are completely hooked on external stuff and our power has been educated out of us. We're addicted to all these external sonas. And what we're doing now is to give people the power on how to create the soma from within. That's what soma breath is about. And that's literally the origin stories of these ancient practices. So what I've done is I've taken the stuff that really works as the most scientific um, evidence behind them and create a system out of it. And we're seeing incredible results. And I believe I've, I've, I've literally hacked this ancient technique. So uh, before it sounds too woo-woo and out there, there is a science to this, an explanation behind all of this. And it lies in this one revered technique from pranayama called kumbhaka, breath retention. Being able to hold your breath beyond the comfort zone. So going beyond the ability to just, your normal ability to hold your breath. You can trick your brain into allowing you to hold your breath longer and longer. And you can also actually strengthen your um, system, your nervous system, your spiritual system, to be able to really significantly hold your breath for long periods of time. Now, the reason for this, there's certain reasons, okay? So what happens firstly, when you hold your breath beyond the comfort zone, is you trigger this um, positive uh, stress response in the body, a hormetic response, where you produce adrenaline, norepinephrine, and all these other uh, feel-good hormones, tryptamines, that actually um, feels really, really good. It gives you like a real high uh, when you do it in the right way. And uh, with deeper practice, okay, certain things can happen, different changes. So one of them is that this ability to awaken, and another reason why we call it the awakening, is the endogenous stem cells from circulation. So. Stem cells are cells that can turn into any other cell in the body. There are different types of stem cells, but certain stem cells are omnipotent. It means that they can turn into any other cell. And they can lower inflammation, heal, repair, rejuvenate parts of the body. And they hate oxygen. Stem cells hate oxygen. They thrive in a hypoxic environment. So when you're in the womb, you are in a hypoxic environment. And uh, basically, you would uh, be rapidly dividing lots of stem cells and then as soon as you're born, uh, the stem cells rush into areas called niches, low oxygen environments, because they don't like oxygen. And they come out under certain conditions throughout your life. One of them is uh, trauma, okay? Another one is low oxygen, so intermittent hypoxia, which is this, this um, period of low oxygen that we can also create through breathing techniques and uh, also intense temperatures. So a sauna, for example, an ice bath can also trigger these to wake up. And there have been Russian studies, scientists doing studies on all this stuff, especially intermittent hypoxia and this effect on waking up stem cells. And the stem cells I'm talking about are probably the very small embryonic-like stem cells, the particular variety. So I actually spoke to a stem cell expert in America. She has one of the top labs and they spent thousands of dollars um, on stem cell treatments and they use low oxygen and also temperature changes to awaken very small embryonic stem cells and they have amazing results 
So I was saying to her, like, why not, um, you know, just teach people how to do it for free themselves um, using the breath. And she didn't obviously like that idea. <laughs> um, it's all about the money. Kind of ignored, she kind of ignored that idea. It wasn't, it wasn't even answered. Uh, anyway, so, so I believe that this is what explains the remarkable benefits that we're seeing from our 21 day protocol, which gives you a dose, dose of intermittent hypoxia. There's also a recognized field already called intermittent hypoxic training. You can look it up. That also has so much amazing evidence and data behind it. Okay. Um, and I, I'm all about mechanisms. I don't, I'm not about, I'm not into correlation versus causation and all that shit. I'm into mechanisms. Tell me if you're going to say that CO2 causes global warming, right? I want to know the mechanism. How does it do it? Because the current explanation of it isn't actually very clear. They don't know. So they're just using correlation arguments. That's not good enough for me. They did that with um, saturated fat causes heart disease. And they were completely wrong. They were proven wrong. Cherry pick data. I've debunked that whole argument and many scientists have as well, doctors. And they got everyone hooked on, you know, low fat foods and then eventually statins and lower cholesterol with this stupid correlation thing um, saying that, you know, people who eat more saturated fat uh, get heart disease when it's all bullshit because if you take seven other countries or 14 countries rather than just seven that he chose to pick you get a totally different answer and you find that saturated fat actually makes you live longer and that's why Japan changed their um, rec uh, recommendations to the, to the people and why Japan have the healthiest people and surprise surprise very low rates of COVID okay you know the lowest mortality rates probably they don't eat stupid low-fat Western foods, though. They eat high-fat, high-saturated fat, healthy foods. So anyway, that's another topic in itself. But let's look at this one. So mechanisms. So then why does intermittent hypoxic training work, right? Why does this pranayama technique work? Why does Wim Hof method work? Okay, I'm very close friends with Wim Hof. He's a very good friend of mine. And he has millions of people probably doing this movement. There's so many anecdotal results now of people improving their health from doing it. It's ice baths, cold shock, um, and then there's uh, breath retention, right? Okay, for those of you who think the Wim Hof Method is all about hyperventilating, it's not. It's, it's actually all about breath retention, holding your breath. That's where the secret source is. Um, and me, with Soma Breath, we teach a variation of this with music and other techniques same mechanisms we have dramatic changes improvements in people's health well-being wellness um even people getting eyesight back they're uh, getting better um uh growth of blood vessels in the eyes better blood flow and the eyesight's improving you know like they've really thick glasses to now not needing glasses so we've had many anecdotal reports like that so that's the reason why doctors and health professional are coming to us because they know that this stuff works so that's the mechanism in my opinion is okay we, we must be waking up the power of the body to heal itself and the power of the body to heal itself comes from the fact that stem cells exist in our body and these stem cells have the ability to repair and heal parts of the body that have died therefore 
with this knowledge is if you can slow your breathing right down where you need less oxygen as well, if oxygen also causes uh, stress on the body, perhaps this breath retention techniques, what they're doing as well, and one of the reasons why it's so important in pranayama and why nobody understands this except for the ancient yogis um, and, and the modern yogis who are living up in the Himalayas right now, which I had to go and find to learn all this. Uh, why do they live longer? Why do they choose to live in low oxygen environments? What are they actually doing? There's another mechanism. So when you hold your breath beyond the comfort zone, another thing you're doing and you're creating this positive stress response, is you're training, you're exercising the mitochondria to be more efficient, you're creating energy. Your body adapts, it climatizes to being able to use less oxygen. It becomes more oxygen efficient. Okay, that means that you're going to have less risk of oxidative stress. If oxidative stress is what causes corrosion in the body, rusting effect, Harvard had done studies on this, you can check it out. If you just write in oxygen, Harvard, rusting, body, as keywords and you'll see their papers on this um, if this is what's causing plaque formation inflammation okay then if the number one killer in the world is heart attacks and cardiovascular events then if everyone has a daily dose of this positive stress response from breath retention and they become more efficient with oxygen their breathing rates slow down and they also wake up the stem cells during this time. I think we've got a way of life that we can create for people which can prevent or at least extend people's lives dramatically. Yeah. And it can also explain why do yogis go and live at the top of mountains, okay, where the oxygen levels are so low. That's where they go and dwell. They go and hide from the world in caves, uh, not really, they're doing it because they have adapted themselves to living in very low oxygen environments, okay? And when you do that, and you can exist in that and not, like, have this uh, problem of not getting enough energy from oxygen, and you can stay in more hypoxic environments, okay? What happens is, and there's a, a YouTube video, you can check it out, hypobaric oxygen uh, chamber experiments. Okay, they, they've done these. They've done these experiments with, with uh, people going into these rooms, which they're where they're deprived of oxygen. Yeah, and you amazing. see, when you get to a certain level of of hypoxia, you get this extreme euphoria, like this blissful euphoric feeling. You lose all sense of self, judgment. Everything goes away. The ego dissolves. You go into nirvana. Okay, it's like a massive DMT release. And imagine if you can prolong that state where you can be in this hypoxic environment and survive in it for long periods of time without dying, basically. Then you're going to be in samadhi. You're going to be in nirvana. You're going to be in that state which all of the yogis have been um, talking about. This is what we're about. This is, is about helping people train. I can get up to four minutes breath hold times now. But I know people who can do even longer than that. You know, you need, you need a lot more practice. Uh, but when I've been doing these techniques, my energy levels are better, my mood's better, my well-being, uh, my stamina's better, like I feel younger. You know, there's something about it. 
And here's another, another thing, another fact about pranayama. So pranayama and yoga and tantra was kind of evolved from studying animals in nature. And if you observe animals in nature, animals that live a very long period of time, like elephants and turtles, they uh, only breathe around two to four breaths per minute, right? They're very slow breathing rates. Animals that live very short lives, like one or two years, like mice, rats, okay, squirrels, things like that, they have very fast breathing rates, like 30, 40 breaths per minute, okay? Whereas there's some anomalies to this. Humans have the conscious ability to control the rate of their breath, meaning we can slow our rate of breath up or down. We have a choice. We can consciously control it. And this is where the secret lies in bringing the power back to you. Okay? But there's also another interesting phenomenon. The naked mole rat. Okay? I'm all about science. I'm all about evidence. Is there evidence that suggests in the animal kingdom that hypoxia improves longevity right okay there's two two anomalies to this the naked mole rat is a rat guess how long it lives i don't know 30 years <laughs> 30 years you got did you just say 30 years yeah yeah you, you're bang on <laughs> you're absolutely right 30 i don't know how you got that what a guess they live up to 30 years okay and uh, they live predominantly in a hypoxic environment and they can hold their breath for like 18 minutes at a time. Oh. Okay. And they've done experiments where they've shown that they don't even get cancer. They don't get chronic diseases. Pretty cool, right? Mm. And the other, another very uh, familiar uh, anomaly is, um, and it's not an anomaly really, it's uh, actually, uh, this is evidence I think of hypoxia is and the benefits of hypoxia is whales okay whales live like what 200 years some of them yeah and they can hold their breath up to two minutes at a time i uh, sorry two hours at a time all right so so there's something in this and this is where the studies need to be going in the direction and actually last year uh, the nobel peace uh, nobel prize was given to uh people who showed this benefit of of and the role of cells in hypoxia they, they basically backed up what i've been talking about and they won the nobel prize okay the yogis knew nice. about this thousand years ago um so what i'm saying is that there's a lot of paradoxes out there in um the way we're taught from the educational system what doctors are being taught pharmacists have been taught i've seen them all and my journey has been all about uh, first-hand experiencing the paradox for what it is and the effects of it and then creating a, a school around it helping people empowering people be, becoming aware of these weird uh, unusual facts about life and that is that what you're being told by the mainstream is very often half the truth you know, and you have to go somewhere else to find the real truth, okay? And that's the sad fact of the world, that that's the way we are. In it. We live in a world where uh, a lot of the, the things that really help people are shrouded in mystery. Oh, and even, like, because so, sometimes people will go on to, say, Google, and I, like, 
I won't mention what I've been researching because it'll be blocked, but you, you go into Google and check the safety of something and the first five pages, pages are saying it's safe and it's not. So you need to check different, like you get DuckDuckGo or different ones and research further because you can't even trust a lot of the, like the Google anymore. No, well, I had a website that was getting half a million uniques, the renegadepharmacist.com, and uh, it got taken out last year. In fact, every alternative health site in the world uh, that was, you know, that had a, um, a voice has been uh, delisted pretty much from Google. And I'm friends with a lot of these people like Green Med Info, Seiji, Kelly Brogan, um, uh, Macola, all these guys got annihilated uh, by the search results. And they say, oh, it's because they're misinforming people and that they are, um, you know, they are a danger basically to, to giving the right advice. And, and I think that this is bullshit because mm. had I not had the uh, ability to fairly search information on Google back in 2010, I would have a colostomy bag right now. It's a lot of what I learned was also from Google. I mean, my Swami helped me a lot, but, some of the discoveries I made, she didn't even know, like colostrum, for example, saved my life. Colostrum is the first milk uh, from, um, that you'll ever get. It's the first food you ever get from the mother. If you're not breastfed enough and you're deprived of colostrum, you're much more likely to have things like leaky gut issues, asthma, autoimmune conditions, childhood allergies, and things like that. Because the colostrum gives you your, the a proper functioning lining of the guts and it, um, it gives you immunity. It gives you antibodies and immunity. Now I see that they are trying to make artificial breast milk, GMO breast milk, basically. And, um, you know, a long time ago, actually, when I was even a kid, uh, Nestle made a huge campaign to get everyone off um, breast milk and onto powdered milk. And it caused a lot of chaos and problems, in, in especially in places like Africa, where they willy-nilly test things out they have no human rights um you know issues there uh they don't they don't um complain so much about it when they should and i think now actually people are waking up over there as well but um you know i saw this and and colostrum is a is one of the reasons why cows are considered holy in india is because the colostrum is a powerful healer and you can use cows colostrum bovine colostrum it translates into humans. Cows produce four times the amount of colostrum than the calf needs. So you're only taking the excess. You're doing it a safe way. It comes from organic cows. They're very well treated. In fact, they're worshipped because of the colostrum where we source it from. Um, and basically uh, what that means is that you can take cow's colostrum in the form of like a powder. Uh, you can even drink it raw. And it also fixes the lining of your gut. So if you have things like ulcer colitis, like I had, it solves that problem. It fixes it. Crohn's can be solved pretty dramatically fast as well. I've seen amazing results with our colostrum that we sell. Incredible results uh, with gut issues. It's primarily very good for gut issues. And a lot of diseases begin in the gut. So to take care of gut health, the gut microbiome is important. It also helps produce healthy gut microbiome. So I swear by colostrum. I swear by it. 
you know i also swear by uh, bone broth and things like that and um again another thing that is kind of ignored the benefits of collagen we you know doctors don't even they're not even aware of this stuff so so anyway i um i would never have discovered these things if it wasn't for google and now they're censored the internet so if you were to look up anything to do with osteoclitis on google now it's just drugs drugs surgery drugs and here's the side effects these are the consequences and boom just shut up deal with it there is no other option anymore on google so it's ironic that we what we're going through now um last year was when they censored everyone so it's almost like they they knew that i don't know i'm not going to get into that well like because i you actually have yeah. seen because uh, i remember uh, I didn't officially launch my book, but I remember uh, I gave you a copy of the book and no, because I want to actually really launch it because so many people have said that you have to be careful with this because a lot of the things that are being exposed, I'm just double checking everything and all of my links and facts, this stuff is, is gone now. So now uh, they've yes. taken it all yes. down. Everything. They've taken it all down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like the, the Google has been totally censored and, and, uh, there's a lot of things you can't find anymore. It's weird, yeah. Which I could find and they they become like trending on Twitter and then they, they quickly get rid of all of the, the links to those points. So yeah, we're entering into very dangerous Orwellian times. Um, and these little communities are all we got left now. Like, you know, we've become too dependent on the internet. There was a time when we didn't. We didn't care about it. We didn't. We didn't even know about it. But we still thrived as a race. So I'm hoping maybe we will get to a point again where we don't need it so much. For maybe we find it in other ways. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Google. Google. We need an alternative. Definitely. It's too much of a monopoly. Yeah. Too no, much. We're, we're out of those. Yeah. We're out of those. Um, mm. Like when. Like, because I'm really thinking of this because it's all down to food and it's down to health. And I mean, like I have researched about the doctors getting natural uh, training for foods and stuff. They don't. I think it's only in Albania, around the world. So I checked in Poland, they get zero. So they're just from the start, they're trained to pump pharmaceutical drugs into their patients, try to get a patient for life, like blood pressure, uh, you know, diabetes and a few of the other ones. And it's hard to try to tell people like this isn't correct there's actually alternatives to it and my thought and i'm not sure what yours is my thought for this is there has to be an alternative created for the pharmaceutical industry because they've got mega bucks they're attacking everybody that's coming out with natural cures that you have as an an independent a new pharmaceutical industry that's not traded on the stock market that it's 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 not for sale and it's to actually cure people that the aims, so when you have new inventions that are coming out, the pharmaceutical companies aren't buying them and just parking them because they know they, they, they pay, if something's paying, they take it and they just hide it and it's never seen and nobody knows. So there's people dying every day because of what they're doing. They're not giving the cures that are actually available. Indeed. Happens all the time. And uh, I think this is a problem. Like, we need to have choice and what's happened in england for example is that we have 
this illusion of choice. The NHS is the in illusion of choice. The, although everyone goes, oh, we have the NHS, it's such an amazing system, such a healthcare, great free healthcare, free healthcare. It's not free for a start because you're paying for it from your paycheck. You're paying for the NHS. So it's not free. It's an illusion that it's free. Okay. I remember I was paying quite a bit of cash every um, month to national insurance secure insurance or it's called yeah, it's, it's that, that goes, for, that goes to the nhs so it's an illusion that it's free all right the other thing is uh uh that when it's like a government uh like led system and it's not free market system uh then whoever is in charge of the policies of the government dictates pretty much the treatments that are available so if you look at the NICE guidelines for coronavirus, for example, they, they state that no vitamin D, basically. No evidence for vitamin D. I mean, vitamin D, there's just so much well, like research out there about vitamin D, okay? Even Harvard published a whole paper on the fact that 50% of flu cases can be prevented by vitamin D supplementation. Harvard published this, okay? So it's proven, we don't need to prove it again, it works. And it, there's a mechanism. Vitamin D is the master, it's like a, more like a hormone. It's a master vitamin. It helps regulate the functions of all the other vitamins that you consume, and it optimizes your, it's essential. You can't live without vitamin D, you need it. That's why if you're deprived of sunlight, Okay, if you're not getting, if you're in a dark space all the time, you get depressed, you get, you, you die, you get, you de degenerate, your nervous system, like, is shattered if you don't have enough vitamin D. So, um, so to, to try and, like, uh, tell doctors, like, you're literally, you're dictating to doctors what you can and can't do is a hugely irresponsible, it's, it's, it's extremely dangerous because, they don't know it all for a start, okay? I didn't elect the person who creates the nice guidelines to be the guy who does that. I don't know who his background is. I don't know if he's qualified. We don't know anything about it. But these are the people dictating the policies for the rest of the world, right? And um, I know doctors right now, the front line, and I, I, I'd say that the... The, they've got a bit of a shock coming to them. I don't think they realize how many people are awake right now, especially health professionals as well. And there's going to be a massive court case against the government um, for the way they've handled this coronavirus, for all the deaths that have, have happened unnecessarily, right? Which could have been prevented because they blocked certain treatments. I know from the front line from doctors that um, they were told, they're told what to do, what to prescribe, what to do. Uh, in terms of treatments, they don't they have very little say. They don't have much choice. Okay, you have to go to a private doctor, and even then, there's a lot of regulation because if they go off the 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 nice guidelines, right, the government uh, regulations, basically, and they do something off label, right, prescribe something off label, then they're at a risk of being sued. So there's a lot of fear in healthcare. Like a lot of doctors are run by fear as well. They they don't want to make a mistake. They don't they don't want to get sued. They don't want to lose their job. So they don't speak out, and that's how they perpetuate the system.
And that's really dangerous. When you can dictate policy and force mandates on a, on a population, that's when it gets scary. That's very Orwellian and, and dangerous. And this has to be checked. And I, I, I really hope that we don't go down that road for too long and that we wake up out of it because that's a scenario we don't want to we don't want to entertain ever oh definitely and there's another thing that i was thinking as well because uh, you're obviously aware there's kickbacks there's kickbacks constantly from the pharmaceuticals to the doctors and i think that if a doctor agrees to a documentation that's fully traceable stating that they are not receiving kickbacks because a lot of the time they're actually prescribing the higher drug that mightn't be the best to the, the patient. And even if there's only 1% does it, if you had to go to a doctor, you would go to the one that's actually signed it. And if like they lose their license, then that they can never, if they're you know lying about it, like, because yeah. it, it, it's, there's so much corruption going on and we can't say nothing. They've got you know unlimited budgets. So anybody that's standing up against them, they're taking them down through the legal system so we have to yep. create an alternative. We have to, you know, not attack them. You're not going to beat them, attack them. You just have to create alternatives that that work against them. Well, the problem with that is is uh, that then if you become too big and you become a competition, then they will attack you anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this is this is. Uh, you heard about the the guy, the Madagascar president who uh, went against the who and you know like a lot of shenanigans and then there was a, a barandai barundi who went against the who and he died recently one of the other african um presidents i don't know if you heard about that like it's scary well, like man. i know it's gone on for a year there's so many doctors that have been so you know... much yeah there's so much money in this yeah but anyway like i'll give you a um one source to look at uh, there's an article, if you just Google uh, Dr. Fishbein, right? F-I-S-H-B-E-I-N, he was a whistleblower from, uh, from the, he's quite a high up, he was one of the highest ranking government officials who is a, he's like exposing things. And he, there's an article, you can look it up, uh, it's called The Fauci Files. And it's basically, he exposed the ulterior motives for covering up uh, the AIDS medications, the side effects of it, and then also the fact that they, there was also an um, uh, inside interest into a certain patent on an anti-HIV uh, uh, drug which led to, which Fauci was actually involved with, um, which he would have made fortune off, basically. And he exposed the corruption. Very recently, this just came out. It's called The Fauci Files. You can check it out. Uh, there's also a movie called The Constant Gardener, which talks about the, uh, the problems with uh, Africa and the fact that company, pharmaceutical companies come in there, do trials, and they basically are literally uh, like doing illegal trials and not reporting the, the severe adverse effects that happen, hushing them up. 
and then certain people who try and expose it go missing. In fact, actually, by sheer fate, I met in Austria, of all places, in a resort that I was staying at, uh, where we were doing our retreat, an African guy who uh, was working in the kitchen, and he was making moringa, and I recognized it as moringa. I was like, you making moringa? He goes, yeah, yeah, I make American moringa soup. And he was telling me that in Africa, he was involved with uh, recruiting uh, mothers with children for malaria trials, okay? And his job was to find children and help them get uh, to a certain weight so they were healthy enough to be on these trials. So he would actually give the moringa soup. He would make moringa soup, give them moringa soup. Children would dramatically improve in their health. And basically what would happen was they would no longer have malaria. So they wouldn't be eligible for the trial because the moringa was solving a problem, which shows what happens when you boost your immune system. All right. So, you know, um, this is what's going on. This is the world we're living in. It's a, it's a business. The world's become a huge industry. And I don't know the solution to this other than, uh, I don't know. I'm very, I'm kind of, all I can think of is we need to uh, educate as much yeah. of the, the soldiers, the pawns in the game, which are basically the soldiers and medical professionals. They're the ones who carry out the work. So if the soldiers don't comply anymore, and there's an uprising amongst them because they're angry enough about it, uh, then we might see a change in the pharmaceutical industry. But at the moment, I think this this coronavirus situation has woken up more people than ever before, Definitely. for sure. And there is there is some people at the top of American politics. I'm not sure exactly which side they're on, whether they are really fighting for the good or not, or if they are just part of the whole game. I believe uh, I, I think are... the same because I'm I'm looking at it and you hear Q and everything and you it, it they're like making it look like okay there's this side that's actually trying to be the good guys. But if you look at who they're surrounded with and different things that's been reported, I don't know, is it a smoke screen just to keep some people happy? So the way I see it is educating people, getting people out there to understand what's really going on. And then they can make, because it all begins within whether you're, because if you start eating healthy, if you start doing your breath work, you become healthier. You don't become dependent on all these different drugs. What, what, I, what I think what we have to help people do is to avoid getting into the system itself. So in order to break through the system, my method has been, you've got to create your own business. If you have a job, get a job working for somebody who you believe in their, their ethics. Uh, you know, because we live in also a world now where actually companies, there is pretty much, a, there is a free market still. So companies that don't abide by the rules they except for farm it seems to not include pharmaceutical companies they seem to have to get away with murder all the time and people just forget about it there's an amnesia but most companies they have to now be socially responsible otherwise uh, they get exposed like on social media like crazy so um so fine if you have if you can't create your own business or supplementary income go and work for another company that does have the right values for you and um but if you can focus on creating an extra income other than 
the one that it gives that you're getting from your job because if anything happens to that and it can then you're really going to be in a mess and you're going to be surrendering to the government and here's the thing don't get into systems like that so a, a, a corporate job is a is a system that will keep you pretty much broke most of your life you'll end up getting a mortgage you'll end up doing the 2.3 children thing and you'll end up you know stressed most of the time and then on to drugs and, and quite a lot of people in companies corp they're going to be the first ones to get vaccinated if they want to get their keep their jobs um so got to try and find a way to get out of that system uh so creating an internet-based business is definitely going to be a way forward right so something to do with that and then what we do in Soma Breath is give you the way of life. So if you can just keep our way of life, doing what we recommend on a day-to-day -day basis, you'll prevent needing drugs, medications, surgery, or anything like that. And at least prolong that from happening. So I'm not gonna say that you're never ever gonna need these things. And actually there is a place for medicine. I'm not completely knocking the industry either. The place is it's an emergency. Yes. So last resort, right? If you if you bash your head against the wall, right, you're gonna need some ice to bring the swelling down. If you keep bashing your head against the wall, you're gonna keep needing more ice. Eventually the swelling is gonna to be too big and it's gonna create a huge mess. So what doctors do, they just keep giving you more ice. They give you drugs to bring the swelling down, right? They don't what the smart thing is to do is stop people bashing their head heads against the wall. Right, and that means lifestyle change. That's usually it's the lifestyle that's doing that, and usually it's dissatisfaction in your career. That's one of the biggest things. Become feeling like a robot in the machine, and so that's why with Soma Breath we teach people different ways to to look at the world, different ways to perceive reality, so that they can start getting more in touch with their human side. We've been robotized for too long. It's time to bring the human back. Yeah, definitely. And like what I encourage people, because, you know, I, I've been lucky to experience, say, you're doing the, the breath work and it was incredible. So I encourage people, just go away and try. You know, you might think, whoa, this is la la, there's no way this is possible. As soon as you do it and you get the experience, you will not want to not do it again. It is such an incredible feeling. Amazing. I love it. Listen, it's been fantastic. I really appreciate what you shared with us. How can people get in contact with you? Uh, so, yeah, so the best is um, to go to our website, somabreath.com, sign up for the masterclass. And there I go into a lot of the science. I give you an experience of this meditation. Uh, and you learn, like, in the science of being able to tap into your, your physiology. And then we have different options. You can either do our 21-day awakening journey, which is an amazing uh, experience for your mind, body, and spirit. Uh, or you can become an instructor and or. It's not like one or the other. You can become an instructor of these techniques and start actually building an income outside of your career as well or add it as an extra string to your, to your armory of things. Like if you are, say, a yoga teacher or uh, Reiki master or a massage expert somewhere like that this is something else you can add into your your list of things you offer to people and um, we really are creating like holistic uh, practitioners 
you know, like holistic health practitioners. That's what we're really praying. You know, therapists, a unique form of therapy. And um, that would be the best place to start. We also have a YouTube channel, Soma Breath. There's a, a lot of free stuff on there. S-O-M-A-B-R-E-A-T-H. Uh, and that's it. And also our Facebook group, Soma Breath Facebook group. You can join that as well. Okay, perfect. And what I'll do is in the, the description for both on YouTube and in the podcast, I'll actually give all the links so that people can be able to find you and click. So listen, it's been amazing. Thank you very much. Much love, bro. Peace. So that's all for uh, this week. Uh, you find all the episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. Until next week, take care. There's a time.